This is the Chamber Chat Podcast, the show dedicated to chamber professionals to spark ideas and to get actionable tips and strategies to better serve your members and community. Hello, Chamber Champions. Welcome to the Chamber Chat Podcast. I'm your host, Brandon Burton, and it's my goal here on the podcast to introduce you to people and ideas to better help you serve your chamber members and your community. Our title sponsor is Holman Brothers Membership Sales Solutions. Let's hear from Jason Mock, President and CEO of the San Marcos Area Chamber, to learn how the Holman Brothers have provided value for his chamber. Two years ago, we brought in Holman Brothers to help our organization go to that next level. And in those two years, our team has transformed the way that we think about sponsorships and non-dues revenue. And I would really encourage you, if you're looking to take your chamber to the next level, to bring on the Holman Brothers. You can learn more about Holman Brothers Membership Sales Solutions by visiting holmanbros.com. Our guest for this episode is Cami Welch. Cami is the president of the Arvada Chamber of Commerce, a 12-year chamber veteran. Cami has earned a reputation for developing strategic, innovative opportunities for businesses and community growth. Cami is a U.S. Chamber of Commerce Talent Pipeline Fellow and a board member for WACE and the Association of Colorado Chambers of Commerce, where she is past chair. Cami also sits on the community boards for nonprofit organizations that focus on children, education, homelessness, and domestic violence, including Family Tree, where she is a chair. Cami loves living in Colorado with her husband of 14 years and two young children, where they enjoy hiking, skiing, and exploring. Cami, we're excited to have you with us today on Chamber Chat Podcast. I'd love to give you a moment to say hello to all the Chamber Champions that are out there listening and share something interesting about yourself so we can get to know you a little better. Awesome. Thanks, Brandon. It's an honor to be on with you today. I'm excited to talk about a really important topic with everybody. Um, I always struggle with this question about what's interesting about me. I actually polled my team um, to ask what is something that they thought was interesting about me. And we all agreed the the most interesting piece of my background is I actually grew up ice skating, um, which okay. doesn't seem relevant to my current career, but it is because that was required early mornings, 4 a.m. start times. After school, it was all about the conditioning training and ballet and the cross training to be a good ice skater. I actually had the same coach because I grew up in Oregon as Tanya Harding. Ah. So shared ice with her, which is interesting. But as hard as that was as a kiddo, I've appreciated the grit that that gave me that I've been able to carry through being a chamber leader. Yeah, no, I like that. I like that you pulled your office too, because it's hard to come up with our own, you know, interesting facts about ourselves. But that's something they knew about you, and and it is unique. I don't think we've had other ice skaters or that have mentioned that on the podcast. So you're one of a kind. <laughs> so tell us about the Arvada Chamber of Commerce, just to give us some perspective before we get into our discussion. Give us an idea of the size, staff, budget, scope of work, that sort of thing, just to help set the table. Absolutely. So Arvada is located just west of Denver. So everybody knows where Denver is. So we're 10 minutes west of Denver. We actually share a border with Denver Metro. Our community size is about 120,000 people. We have about 3,000 businesses in Arvada. We have about 500 plus members of the chamber, which has been really exciting to, to see that. Our current team is six, but we're growing to eight this year. We've had some awesome opportunities to increase revenue and grow our team alongside that, which has been really an incredible opportunity to deliver on more work for our community. 
Um, our annual budget has doubled in the past year, which is crazy and exciting. So we historically were about a 500 to $550,000 um, $550, budget. Uh, this year, we'll be coming in at about $1.2 And again, that's because we've been able to identify ways to grow capital to do the work that's so critical for our businesses. Okay, so maybe we chose the wrong topic to focus on today. Let me just ask the question, what are you doing to increase revenue to double it like that? Yeah, so uh, the reason that we did that is because our mission as an organization is to solve the most critical business challenges. And what we realized is that with the traditional business model, we didn't have the capacity as an organization to take those challenges on. So our board looked at various options and decided to go forward with a five-year strategic initiative capital campaign. So we actually worked with a company out of Atlanta called Power 10, and we did a feasibility study to really assess the need in our community and if our businesses were willing to invest in solving their most critical challenges. So we ended up with a five-year strategic initiative that took on talent, housing, child care, and the business environment. And so we're able to raise $2.5 million for the next five years to ensure that we can do the work um, that is required to actually have outcomes in these areas. That is fantastic. Yeah, so that answers a question, at least on the surface level, that everybody's like, what are you doing to double your revenue? So yes. <laughs> that's yeah. awesome. <laughs> so our, our topic for conversation today is gonna be around addressing childcare needs. Um, as we look at the, the economy in general, we see the, the workforce sh shortages and um, really just the economy in general has been rocked you know, through the COVID pandemic and trying to come out of it. And one of those key questions to be able to help fix and stabilize the economy is addressing the, the childcare needs. So I'm excited to dive into that discussion with you and what you guys are doing there in Nevada as, as soon as we get back from this quick break. Are you looking for a year-round affordable and timely shop local campaign for your chamber or CVB? Look no further. Build a custom Eat Shop Play mobile app with App My Community by visiting appmycommunity.com slash chamberchat. App My Community mobile apps are not just simple membership directory listings. They provide many more capabilities to engage with your community. Provide your residents with a robust events calendar, Partner with a local fair, festival, or farmer's market to provide a schedule, map, and other resources to promote the event. Run a small business Saturday campaign any time of the year using built-in scavenger hunts. Allow your membership to communicate directly to their customers via push notifications. Your App My Community mobile app will be a unique member benefit, allow you to generate non-dues revenue with sponsorship opportunities, and best of all, provide a valuable resource to your community. Please visit appmycommunity.com chamberchat now to receive 10% off your first year of an App My Community mobile app. Chamber Nation hears from its customers that they help make it fun again to present the value of membership. That's because so much is provided to help each member promote their business, and with monthly ROI reports from Chamber Nation, they know their membership is already working to help them succeed. There are three words in Chamber of Commerce, and Chamber Nation knows that their customers take care of the Chamber, but Chamber Nation takes care of the commerce. This way, both teams working side-by-side side deliver a whole lot more in membership value. With Chamber Nation, not only will you have a membership management system, but also a membership development system all in one terrific package. So 
Save money and be impressed by visiting richardscalendar.com to set up a demo with their CEO or learn more at chambernation.com. Chamber leaders know firsthand how unexpected disturbances in the business environment have become the norm. Even the most experienced membership reps need to continually evolve to overcome these disruptions and create new opportunities. Holman Brothers Next Level Coaching supplies the year-round sales coaching and mentoring your membership rep needs to navigate change and continue driving revenue for your chamber. Visit holmanbros.com slash next level to learn more and request a free trial of next level coaching. All right, Cammy, we're back. So before the break, I'd mentioned the, the topic for today being around addressing child care needs. Um, what were some of those maybe key indicators or data that you guys saw that showed that this was a need to for you, for to chamber? It's not typical chamber work. So how did a... Uh, how did that come to be that you guys saw this as an area of focus? That's a great question and certainly one with a long history of feedback and engagement of our community and our businesses. But one of the things we do is on a quarterly basis, we run a business pulse survey and we ask similar questions and then we sometimes throw in some zinger questions to make sure that we're really understanding what's happening with our businesses. And so every single time we've done that over the past seven years, talent is the number one issue, always. And as we started to unpack our talent system and really understand all the moving parts and pieces, we understand that there's not skill alignment, that there's the lack of demand, but we had to dig deeper and ask why about 27 more times to really understand that there's these other barriers that are happening in our community that are causing that talent shortage. Well, we uncovered, and the reason why in our bold initiative that we mentioned earlier that we took on childcare and housing is because we recognize those as two of our biggest barriers to achieving the talent system that we really need. There is some crazy data that we've come across as we've dug into childcare. And to be honest, before we started taking this on in a meaningful way, I didn't even realize what a huge issue this was. And I'll rattle a little bit of data here because I think it's important. And I know you have listeners all over the country that are like, oh, I wonder what that is for my state. So I'm going to cite Colorado data. But it's interesting to think about what other states are dealing with and if it's at the same degree. But one of the things that we thought was really interesting is that there was a Pew Research study, and they surveyed all sorts of people that were leaving jobs. And it was the number four reason in that study was childcare. So interesting, right? People are saying, I have to leave my job because I have nowhere for my kids to go. Colorado has the eighth highest cost of childcare in the country. So we know that that is a huge barrier for people that maybe aren't making you know, $100,000 a year, they can't afford to put their kiddos in childcare. We know that in Colorado, 45,000 Colorado parents are making career sacrifices due to childcare, and 20% of our workforce needs childcare. So we're starting to get a sense of, whoa, that's a lot of people that are impacted by this issue in our community. When it really got alarming for us is when we started to think about the supply of childcare facilities and that business model, which when you think through an economic development lens, That's interesting, right? That's like, okay, this business model is struggling. So we know that we have what's called a childcare desert. So in Colorado, we have one childcare spot for every three kids that need it. That's wild. And there's only one county in all of Colorado where there's enough spots for the kids that need it. And it's not in the metro area. It's probably very rural. Yeah. Very, very rural. 
So really interesting data. My community alone needs well over 2,000 additional spots to meet the demand. So taking a step back and again, looking through that chamber economic development lens of saying, okay, what's going on here? So there's some serious business model challenges, right? The cost of running a childcare facility is high. You think about the liability, the cost of real estate, the staffing that's needed. There is a really difficult uh, breakdown that these businesses are trying to achieve. They can't pay their employees what they need to pay them. So they're losing employees left and right because they're paying a minimum wage. But when you look at the business model, that's all they can afford to pay them because they can't have parents paying more than what they're able to pay. So it's a really interesting issue. And we're recognizing more and more that it's going to take some really innovative solutions to overcome these challenges. But just looking at that data, it became crystal clear to us that there is a huge issue. And there, there are ways we can influence making this system better. Right. What really stands out to me is 45,000 career sacrifices are going on just in Colorado because parents will look at, you know, here's the income that I would bring in. Here's what we would pay out in childcare if you can get a spot. And they just see it as a wash or really just not worth, you know, the extra headache of getting up early and, you know, doing everything for maybe to net, you know, a couple thousand dollars. It just doesn't make sense. Yeah. I have countless examples in my personal and professional life of people that are making those choices every day because of the cost. And as you said, that sacrifice is just, it's horrible. Right. So as you cite these different stats and the, the research that you've, you've seen and, and I like, like you said, looking through it through an economic development lens as this, uh, you know, addressing the business models of, of child care. Um, it definitely is, I would say, a, a strong argument for a chamber of commerce to be involved with this. So how do you see your role, the Arvada Chamber, you know, getting into the work? How does that look? How do you, you can't just go into a business and say, here's your new business model. So how are you approaching this, this work with addressing child care? Yeah, it's a really, really great question. As an organization, we prescribe to the three C's. Many people know that it's right. come out of the Western Association of Chamber Executives of being a convener, catalyst, and champion. And so we often think through that lens as we're deciding how we support an issue. Um, I think the biggest thing that we can do as organizations is really be in that convener role. Um, we have really strong partnerships across our region, and we often will say, we will join existing tables and we will lead where needed. And so doing kind of that audit landscape of what great work is happening and joining in, like we don't always have to start from ground zero, but there's a moment of step back and say, who's doing this work and doing it well? I will give a shout out to Epic Colorado, which is where much of that data I just shared came from. They're an incredible partner in this work, but they're doing amazing things and engaging industry and businesses in the childcare conversation. So we don't need to reinvent the wheel, but we need to get the right people in our community, in our region around the same table. Because I often note that great work is happening, but so often, I think everybody can attest to seeing this, it happens in silos, right? The people are like, I'm doing the things, I'm solving the problems. But when you don't tell anybody that you're doing that, it can be really difficult. So I believe a key role of Chambers is to bring together people to help them understand what work is happening and how everybody can work more uh, with more continuity as a group. And so we've launched what we call CAPS Councils. And that stands for, um, I hope this is okay to say, if not, you can edit this out, um, kick kick ass problem solvers. So we have a um, 
tendency to want to make sure we're driving action. So we don't have committees and councils and things like that. We have action driven naming of what we do. So when people show up, they know they're there to work. This is about rolling up your sleeves and getting towards solutions. We also like to set targets, right? Like we know that our goal in taking on childcare is to increase the number of spots we have in our community. So who are the people that need to come around one table to help achieve that? But having a universal target that we've set as a chamber helps to make sure there's clarity and purpose when you get those people together. So that to me is the biggest uh, piece of this. The second thing that I think is a really critical role of um, chambers is to educate. So many people don't understand all that data I just shared and they're making decisions based on their own personal experiences, which is fine. We are all uh, creatures of our own perception as reality, right? But at the end of the day, there's a lot to this. And so we have a unique role to certainly educate our businesses and our community, but also thinking about what role we play in educating the community at large about these issues that are impacting. So playing a role in really that awareness building, education, hosting forums. So people start to get that these are issues. It's amazing to me when we've done that, how quickly these issues start bubbling and becoming topics that everybody's talking about. The amount of organizations now that are telling me like, I'm taking on childcare and housing. I'm like, great. (laughs) You know, like we've had to start those conversations, which has been really interesting. Yeah, that, so I guess the question that comes up for me, because you cited a lot of great data and you mentioned Epic Colorado that you were able to get that data from. For people in other states, um, where where would you point them to, to try to find some of that data, to be able to start that conversation about why their chamber should be involved with solving this problem as well? Yeah, that's a really, really great question. And I know every state is going to be structured differently. One of the great sources of data we've had is actually our community college system. And so looking for a place where people that are going into this childcare profession are getting trained, typically they understand kind of the lay of the land. They have really good data that they're trying to utilize to get people into the program and help them think about where they open that childcare facility. So that's a really good place to start. The other place would be school districts typically have a pretty solid sense of that um, early childhood education and where it's happening. And so talking with them about the landscape, where there's gaps, because we often talk about childcare, not just through the lens of quantity, but also quality. Like it's not just about having somebody keeping eyes on your children during the day, but they need to be kindergarten ready because all the data shows if you're not kindergarten ready, then you lag all the way through school and it's hard to catch up on that. And so those quality metrics are important to our school district. And so they track a lot of the early childhood uh, stuff as well. And then I would look at the state level and see what government departments exist that oversee childcare and really source out uh, from there. That's good. Hopefully people are jotting down some notes so they can do their research and see what the what the problem looks like. Because I'm going to assume it's a problem in every state and just see how big of a problem it is. And yeah. if it's something that, that rises to the attention level that, that it may deserve in, uh, yeah. in some states more so than others. I will also throw out on that the U.S. Chamber Foundation has done a lot of work in this space and have an awesome toolkit on their website around childcare that has um, many opportunities for businesses to get involved and resources that exist in that space. And so that's a really good place to kind of dig in and start building knowledge around the childcare issue and opportunities. Yeah. So 
about how long have you guys been involved with the childcare work and had that be, you know, a big attention getter for you guys? So about a year now. So not long enough to show great outcomes, which yeah. I'm excited in three or four years to be able to say we've added X amount of spots to childcare in our community. We're still very much in the information gathering stage of this. But what has been exciting for us is how quickly we've been able to get to alignment of what is the goal and what can we do about it. And so I talked a lot about the convening and building community support. We also have really worked in the policy space. And so recognizing that there's like this whole advocacy play mm -hmm. that comes along with moving child care systems. So we have crafted a policy agenda. And that's a big piece of our focus for this first part of the year as our legislators are down at the Capitol to really push on things like how do we expand cost-effective preschool and early childhood? How do we give incentives to businesses that are willing to open childcare so that we have the demand we need? So we're really looking through initially that lens of what are those barriers and obstacles and how do we remove some of them to be able to have better outcomes for our goals? Yeah. No, it's a, it's a sticky problem. I mean, <laughs> all these different, I, I start thinking of a solution and then I see reasons why, you know, it may not work or conflicts with it. So it's not a simple solution. I mean, it's going to require rolling up your sleeves and doing some hard work. Okay. Um, so the big question I know everybody's thinking is how are you pulling it off? How are you funding this work? Because yeah, Cammie, this is a great idea. Every chamber should be involved with this, but how do you do it? <laughs> yeah. As I started on the front end of the podcast, um, obviously we were lucky enough to pull together the resources to do that five-year strategic initiative. I know not everybody is in that position to do that. Um, but what I will take away is kind of key messages and learnings. If childcare is something that people decide they want to take on, I'm always happy to talk to them about our journey. But messaging is a really big piece of that. Getting clear on the data and what the issue is in the community and putting together on paper a clear understanding of what you're going to do to solve it so that people understand that there's meat to this, that this is work that needs to happen. Also talking about the economic impact, like we know in Jefferson County alone, where I'm located, that there's a $200 million annual economic impact because of childcare. So continuing to tie the messaging back to economic development makes it a lot easier to go out and seek those funds. But there's got to be strategy behind this. And so again, we did it through a five-year strategic initiative. I highly recommend that. I mean, I'm so glad to know that we've set funding for the next five years and I don't constantly have to be working through that. And again, this could be a whole podcast on its own of how right. we went through that campaign process, but really putting strategy behind your work for today, tomorrow, and long-term so people see that. And then you have to ask, you have to find those people that have the heart for community, that want to make sure that their business community thrives and ask them to invest, help them see that you are the organization that can do this work well, and it has to happen in order to solve those big critical challenges. The other thing I'll say is there's a lot of federal and state money floating around right now. And so if you're not plugged into grant opportunities, I would highly encourage you to look into how you access those at your state level. Colorado uses BidNet. Every state is probably different in the systems that they use. But we've been able to apply for a variety of different grants that support this work. Um, some are still pending and we're crossing our fingers that we get. But we did get one to hire a person directly supporting talent, which, as I've said many times, talent Crossover. and child care yeah. hand in hand, right? We cannot solve workforce if we don't fix our child care system. That's it. 
So yeah. looking at grants, thinking strategically about how you ask for those dollars is really, really critical. And I know there's no like magic bullet in this situation, right. unfortunately, but there are ways to get dollars for sure. Right. So how much did you say the economic impact with 200 million? 200 million for just Jefferson yeah. County alone. Man. It's so, huge. I mean, when you figure the people that are making those career sacrifices, the, the impact of if you had the additional childcare centers, I mean, that's a big economic impact there. I mean, and I think there's a number to it. You can't even put, you know, a, a number to some of this just because there's a lot of unknowns that potentially could be much more than that 200 million. So um, when you talk about economic development, that is a, a huge factor right there. Um, is there anything that we're missing from this, uh, this conversation that, that we haven't touched on yet? So I'll add a fun thing to this kind of a lighter opportunity. So one of the things we saw over the pandemic was women primarily were the ones leaving the workforce to move into a caregiver role. And so one of the things that we've loved doing as an organization that started a couple of years ago during the pandemic is every March during Women's History Month, we highlight the badass women of our Vada and celebrate women who are leading in our community and really crushing it. And it's a really fun opportunity for us to talk about women in the workplace and highlight how important and critical that is for our community. So we've worked to find certainly those very tactical and strategic things, but it's also really fun to think about how you highlight and celebrate the people in your community. That's the work of Chambers is, right, to bring people right. together and lift and do the things that help people feel connected to their community. So we've found that to be a really fun way to kind of bring our community together and educate around this issue without it feeling too staunchy. I like that. That is fun. And it, it draws some positive attention to these women who are, who are really making a difference, right? Absolutely. I love that. So I like to see, you know, for chamber champions that are listening, if you might have any tips or action items that they might take, if they're looking to take their chamber up to the next level, what would you suggest? Do you want a broad answer or to connected to childcare? Uh, either way, whatever you feel is would be most relevant, or if you want to do both as a bonus, I, I'm okay. open to, to whatever. Okay, we'll go with this. <laughs> okay. So as far as the childcare conversation goes, I think the best thing to start and take action if you haven't already is get the data. There is such a story behind that. And it will inspire you, it will inspire your leaders to take action. And so the first step related to child care is that data piece of it. As far as kind of industry and what that looks like, I will tell you that one of the best things I've done in my career is get involved, be involved at the state level, the local level, the national level, build those relationships so that you have a network of peers of friends. Sometimes we all need a little chamber therapy. That's right. <laughs> so I have my people that are on speed dial that I call them like, have you ever dealt with this? This is wild. Having that network matters. It makes the career pathway of being in the chamber world so much more meaningful. And I can't tell you how much I've learned from my peers um, through this process. So get involved, join associations, make chamber friends. It matters in your chamber. You personally will be way better for it. So do it. Yeah, I love it. Um, so I like asking everyone I have on the show, as we look to the future of Chambers of Commerce, how do you see the future of Chambers and their purpose going forward? 
I love this question because I think it's been such a journey for so many of us thinking about kind of the historic role of chambers and being known for festivals and ribbon cuttings and really that celebratory stuff in communities, which is still important and it's fun and it brings people together. But I believe that chambers are more critical today than they've ever, ever, ever been. And the issues that our businesses are facing are getting bigger and more complicated. And I often will say, if not us, then who? We are uniquely positioned as chambers to solve really critical challenges. We have the resources, the leadership, and we can bring together government, nonprofit, education, business, all to one table and solve issues. There aren't many others who can do that with the same level of credibility. So I believe we have an opportunity right now to optimize on that coming out of the pandemic where many of us stepped into a new capacity People's trust in our ability is high, and we need to optimize that and take action today to ensure long-term success. I love that response. Love it. Um, Well, Cammie, this has been a a very insightful and um, productive conversation. I think it's provided a lot of value for chambers to kind of look at themselves, look at their community, get that data, see if the, you know, if this rises to uh, needing that, that level of importance in your community to address child care needs, I'm going to guess it probably is up there and probably the top five needs that you need to address in your community. But if anyone listening wanted to reach out and connect with you, maybe learn a little bit more, more detail about how you guys are approaching this work, what would be the best way for someone to reach out and connect? Yeah, absolutely. I would love to talk to anybody. It's actually one of my favorite things to do is to connect with my peers. So please don't hesitate to reach out. Um, Email is the easiest way to reach me, which is Kami, K-A-M-I, at arvadachamber.org. Um, if you're just looking for more information and want to R&D, rip off and duplicate, um, our website is arvadachamber.org. And feel free to take information from there. I am a huge proponent of supporting each other. And so no need to tell me you're taking it. It's just if it's helpful to you and you can use some of it, please do. I believe a rising tide lifts all boats. So happy to help anyone in the industry kind of figure out where they need to go next. Awesome. We'll get your email and the website in our show notes for this episode. So anyone can check that out and, uh, and maybe just send you a thank you for, uh, for that R&D. So. <laughs> but thank you, Cammie, for spending time with us today, for sharing the work that you guys are doing around child care. This is a, a topic we have not covered on the podcast yet. So it's an important one. And I have a feeling we'll be talking about it even more coming into the future. So thank you for that. Thank you. If you are a chamber professional, please subscribe to Chamber Chat Podcast in Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify. When you subscribe to Chamber Chat Podcast, new episodes will show up in your podcast app each week as they are released. If you're finding value in this podcast, please leave us a rating and a review in iTunes. But most importantly, please share Chamber Chat Podcast with your colleagues that are in the industry. Have you ever thought about creating a podcast for your chamber? We always hear about how chambers need to be storytellers. What better way is there to tell the stories of your members and the work of your chamber than through a podcast? Your audience is waiting to hear from you as a convener of leaders and influencers, champion for business, and catalyst for change within your community. I just launched a chamber podcast course with the goal to get your very own podcast started within 30 days. Visit chamberchatpodcast.com slash pivot to learn more and to enroll in the Chamber Podcast course 
today.